Amen. Come on, can we give God some praise in this house? Man. Come on, can we do something just a little bit different? Can we stand for a second? I mean, I can barely see you guys, but can you stand in your seat for just a moment, please? Because what I want you to do is I want you to give God not just an ordinary hand clap or golf clap, but I want you to give God some praise in this place like you are crazy. Come on, can we do that? Come on, hallelujah. Come on, because he's been too good to us. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. So when you come into the presence of God, we have to understand that God is he's king over everything, including king over our life. So we can't just sit there and give God just an ordinary praise. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God, but some of you guys are a little bit too comfortable. I don't know. I, I had to get me some coffee this morning, and I got me a nitro from Starbucks, so I'm on fire right now. <laughs> All right? It was a little bit chilly coming in, but now I'm, 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 I'm fired up. I'm warmed up. I'm ready to go. I'm pumped and primed. Let's go. Woo. All right. So, by the way, welcome. <laughs> if this is your first time, I promise we are not a crazy church. We are just, you know, just crazy, if anything, for God. Amen. Amen. And if you are joining us online today, thank you for joining us. Can we give a hand clap for all those that join us online and show Woo. them some love? Amen. Man, I'm fired up. Uh, it is so good to be back in the Palladium. Um, I spent maybe the last three weeks traveling. I went to Virginia, came back to Texas, was able to enjoy some of you at Lando Park. Amen. Or our family reunion and got a chance to fellowship and have a good time. And then all of a sudden, a week later, I was off to Florida and Orlando at the Every Nation Conference. Amen. We was at the Every Nation North American Conference. And man, I am just full and excited um, about what God is doing for us. And, and I don't want to steal a little bit of thunder from Pastor Ben but he's going to let you know exactly what he experienced at the conference. Amen. Well, we can just go ahead and turn our Bibles to Luke 5, 4 through 6. And if you can just stay there for a second, because today we are kicking off a new series. We're kicking off a new series about conversations by the shoreline. And what this conversation entails, it entails basically the ministry and conversations that Jesus had around the lake of Gennesaret, a.k.a. the Sea of Galilee. And after three years, I mean, three years of earthly ministry, he is, you know, going around and, and performing miracles. We talked about miracles last week. And he is having these conversations and ministering to people around this area. And many believe, including scholars, believe that that area, including Capernaum, which is along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, they believe that that was the headquarters of Jesus's ministry. So we see a lot of things going on around that time. And so we're going to spend some time in the next coming weeks about conversations that Jesus had with some of these uh, individuals. Uh, we're going to have Pastor Ben come next week, and he's going to be talking about laying, um, you know, building your house on the rock and not the sand and encouraging us to be 
uh, followers of Christ, being disciples of Christ. And, and then we're going to have Alyssa Joe Bear, all right, that's going to be coming forth. And she's going to be talking about what it's like to follow Jesus and compelling us and encouraging us to make sure that we don't forget about our first love. And today, I want to talk about going into the deep with Jesus, trusting Jesus, trusting, if anything, trusting God's word to go into the deep. If I was to label this as anything, it's all about trusting God when situations don't appear to line up the way they're supposed to. Amen? I mean, I was listening to, you know, the band here, and, and I'm telling you, I could have Caleb preach my message. And I was just so encouraged, and, and I began to cry out to God because, man, God has been just so good in the midst of it all. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about going into the deep while trusting Jesus' word. Charles Spurgeon once said, to trust God in light is nothing. But to trust him in dark, that is faith. That is faith. See, it's not exactly trusting and believing and having faith when everything is looking peaches and cream. It's not having faith and confidence in God when it just seems like when you put plans in place and things in order, guess what? That's not faith. But what faith is and what uh, Charles Spurgeon is talking about, faith is that time when you... Have things not go your way. What happens to your faith and your trust in Jesus when all of a sudden things are chaotic? What happens when all of a sudden, when you're expecting COVID-19 and all of a sudden you're here in 2021 and it's not over yet? What is going on with your trust in God? And that is what Charles Spurgeon is talking about. In other words, trusting Jesus is all about trusting in his word. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. So we're already at Luke 5, 4 through, through 7. And it says this. It says, when he had finished talking about Jesus, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all day. We worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But check this. Because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. <laughs> and see, at the beginning of Luke 5, we have Jesus and he's walking along the shoreline, and, and there's this crowd of people. He's walking along the shoreline, and, and the people, I can just imagine, people are crowded around him, and there's all sorts of people. There are people who are, who are uh, Jews and, and Gentiles. There are people who are Pharisees and Sadducees. There are people that are there, young, old, different nationalities, Samaritan. There are other people who were who were. Uh, healthy. There were people that were unhealthy. But they all had one thing in common. They were there because they want to hear the word of God. They want to hear what Jesus had to say. 
And whether they were Pharisees or Sadducees and wanted to hear Jesus slip up, or whether they were the person who needed to be healed, they all wanted to experience and they all wanted to hear the word of God. Just imagine, I don't know, just imagine just for a second that, you know, you're desperate and, and, and you're in a situation and Jesus is right here. Would you be glued to your seat the way you're seated right now? Would you just be all of a sudden just amazed and starstruck at Jesus? Think about the most pressing issue in your life. Would you just be just standing there or would you press your way down to this, down to this place, down to this area, this low point right here just to get close to Jesus? They were desperate. And then all of a sudden, we find that Jesus is pressed against the water and he sees his boat. That belongs to Simon. And then he gets into the boat and he asks Simon, Simon, can I use your boat? And then Simon not only just, you know, just, just helps Jesus out in that moment. But then Jesus asks, he, said, he says, look, can you put out from, from the sea a little bit? Can you just put out from the sea a little bit? And that's when the real conversation begins. That's where the real conversation begins. After Jesus finish, gets in the boat and finishes, finishes preaching the word of God to the crowd, all of a sudden, he goes from just the shoreline and asking Simon to go. But now he is demand, putting a demand on Simon's faith to go out into the deep. To go out to the deep. Not to go jet skiing, not to go water skiing or any type of recreational activity. Well, he's asking for Simon to go where? Into the deep. Into the deep water. He is testing his faith at this time. And so we see this steady progression that happens. Where Simon is washing his nets at the shore to all of a sudden being in the boat with Jesus, pushing out a little bit from the shore. And then all of a sudden, we see Jesus asking him to go out into the deep. But the one thing I want you to realize about this whole situation is that while Jesus will meet you at the shore, he is not going to leave you there. While God will meet you where you are, don't expect to stay in the same place. One of the things that people used to say to me when I was in college, a long time ago, <laughs> ages ago, is that, you know what, God will, is okay with where I'm at. God will meet me where I am. And I used to respond to him, yeah, Jesus will meet you where you are. But he doesn't desire for you to stay there. See, he doesn't desire you to stay on the beach. He doesn't desire you to be stagnant right there, right along the shoreline, while he just leaves you and going about his business and ministry. 
But what he has called you to is something a lot more. He hasn't called you to just sit here and get a word. And while it's lovely and it's awesome and it's great and beautiful and there's time to get your word, some of you are going to listen to this word and go home and, and chillax. <laughs> but he has called you to so much more than that. He has a relationship that is built on trust in constant fellowship with him where he is having conversations with you and taking you deeper in him, going from faith to faith and glory to glory. And what Jesus means by going into the deep, what does that mean? What he is telling Simon is he needs, I want you to go with me to Bathos. The Greek word Bathos, what that means is the extreme deep. The extreme deep. In other words, what he is telling Simon at this time, and he's telling him that, you know, I don't want to take you somewhere that you've been before, where you're familiar with, but where I want to take you is into a place that you have never been before. I want to take you places that you've never seen before. I want to take you places that you have never in your life experienced. That's what he is saying. And I want to tell you today is that God has not called you to be like the crowd. He didn't just call you to just get this word and and just, no, he called you for something way more than that. See, Simon had enough trust to get into the boat with Jesus. It's progressive. He had enough faith to get in the boat with Jesus, but then he had enough to cast out into, into just this little bit away from the shore, but then he is all of a sudden challenged. Why? To see if his trust is strong enough for the things of the extreme deep. When things look extreme in your life, how strong is your trust for Jesus? When I think about something being extreme, I think of a lot of things that are beyond my control. I think about a lot of things that are out of my control. I begin to, you know, think about the unknown, the possibilities, the maybes, the curiosities. There's just a lot of curiosity that there. Has anybody ever jumped out of an airplane? That's what I want to know. You jumped out of an airplane? Okay, that's one out of about, what, 80 people, 100 people? I don't know. <laughs> but let me try a different route. How many of you have swam in a lake or a deep sea? How many hands? Okay, I got a lot more hands, so that means I can preach. <laughs> Amen to that. But what I find interesting and something that never ceases to amaze me is that we go swimming in lakes, we jump off of, of airplanes, but more so we, we go into the deep, And we swim in these oceans, but yet we never know what the outcome is. We never know what's swimming beneath us. And we just going along swimming. Going along swimming, right? And everything is fine. You go out a little bit. I remember going on a cruise. And then I went to sleep one day and then woke up and I'm like, whoa, where is the land? (laughs) I can't see nothing but water. Dolphins just swimming. It, I just, it's just 
interesting that we can see, the sur- see things on the surface, but nine times out of ten, we have no idea what's going on in the deep, and we can see from the shore, but the further we go out, it's hard to see what's going on around us. And as we are here in the middle of 2021, amen, we made it this far, we have endured a lot in the past 18 months. Some of you are looking around at the surface wondering what is going on around me. There is no land in sight. There's no end in sight. I thought the pandemic was going to be over. I thought that things dealing with racial injustice was going to be over. I thought things dealing with social and political issues, I thought all this stuff was done. We're over that. We had an election. We thought that stuff was over. And now all of a sudden, we have some that question, where is God in all this? Where is God? What is, and, and, and I, what I believe is, is that what God is saying in this moment, and this is what God revealed to me. And I want to read it verbatim. If you are willing to go deeper, I am right here. I'm right here. You just haven't gone deeper enough. You just haven't gone deeper enough in terms of the relationship that I have. I need you to seek me. That's what the Bible talks about, seeking God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So how do we respond? How do we move in such a way that we are showing God that we are willing to go into the deep with him. The way we respond to God, who is desiring us to know and follow him, and having this deepened relationship of progressive trust, is by acknowledging Jesus in our lives and in our situations. It is easy to acknowledge the things that are going on around you. It is easy to acknowledge your problem. It's easy to acknowledge the things that you see on TV or the rumors that you hear coming from friends and loved ones. But the correct response and the response and the posture that we have in these moments is acknowledging Jesus in our midst. When we not Jesus for who he is, it takes us deeper in him. It takes us further away from the things that are really just minute in God's eye. And it takes us deeper into him. When Simon responds in verse 5, he, he, he sees and acknowledges Jesus as master. Put master in today's context. Think about master today. It's not exactly the same master, is it? It carries some type of negative weight when it comes down to mastery of certain people. But when they 
say master in Jesus' time, they're talking about authority, a weighted authority, like a mama. Okay, y'all got quiet. Like a mama. See, I come from a single-family household where I had a mama. That's right, a mama. And if you don't know what a mama is, guess what? You're about to find out. You're about to find out. And mama, if you're looking, if you're watching online, yes, I'm about to talk about you. I love you, but I'm about to talk about you. It's so funny. I, I told you I've been traveling and everything like that over the last few weeks, over the last month, and I had a chance to visit my mama. So we go through the door, and I hug, and I kiss her, and she, you know, and she kisses me back, and, you know, and feeling all nice and warm and cuddly. Get to sitting down, got to eating, had great conversation. And I'm like, man, I'm about to go in a little bit because I have another appointment. I had something to do. And then all of a sudden, my mama asked me, she says, Edgar, what time are you planning on leaving? I said, well, I'm about to leave in about an hour. You know what my mama said? Sound like the water boy, don't I? My mama said. My mama said, come with me downstairs to the basement and let's install this light fixture. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Come and install this light fixture. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't know how to fix anything. I've never installed a light fixture before. The closest thing I've ever installed in my life that's close to a light fixture is the actual light bulb. But I can't say no. I can't say no because that's my mama. She's my mama. She carries a certain weight and authority in my life that has left a an impression upon my heart and a precedence above anything else. I can't just tell her no. Because the honor and respect that I have for her. And when you acknowledge Jesus in your conversations with him more than the things that are on the surface, he begins to set a precedence upon your heart. To where you can't say no. That you always have to say yes. When he tells you to do something, you do it. And when you go, you just go. When he tells you to go deeper, you go deeper. It's that weight of authority that begins to take you deeper and deeper in him. And every time you go deeper, your trust in Jesus continues to get stronger and stronger to the point whenever he tells you to do something, there is no questions asked. You just go ahead and you just do that thing. So while there is an acknowledgement of Jesus in our lives, there's and the weight of the weight authority that is in our lives and is impressed on our heart, there comes a time where there's a willingness to trust God's word. A willingness to trust God's word. And I say this because after Simon acknowledges the authority of Jesus, 
He acknowledges some of his situations on the surface. He acknowledges he has been working all day, I'm sorry, all night, and he hasn't caught anything. But even though it seems that Simon didn't catch anything, there is one thing that he did catch. There was one catch that he did make, and there was one catch that counted for something. There was one catch that he did not let it get away, and that is God's word. That is God's word. And what I love about Simon in this moment is that even though things didn't turn out the way he thought it would, and, the thing, and he did, things didn't turn out the way he expected. His willingness to trust God at Jesus' word was still evident. He says this, nevertheless. Nevertheless. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. In other words, over what I see, Against what my own experience, expertise, and intuition tells me, guess what? I'm still going to trust Jesus. I'm still going to trust his word. And what's so interesting about this whole thing when I think about it, I begin to think about my sons. Because they always seem to remember my word. They always seem to remember my word except for the, the times that you're asking them to do chores. It seems like they always forget that part. But all of a sudden, when I promise to take them somewhere, when I promise them money or anything, all of a sudden, Dad, you said this. Dad, I remember when you told me that you will take me this place. I remember you said that you will give me this and give me that. And with the way of authority that I have as a father, guess what? I have to make sure I stay at my word and keep my word. So these conversations, the things I want you to understand is that trusting God is progressive just as your relationship with him is progressive. And the more we acknowledge him, the stronger our willingness to trust God at his word. In closing, we're talking with God. We have to be mindful that he talks back to us. And when he does, we have to catch what is being said in those precious Because when God speaks a word to you, he is also speaking to your situation. You trust in his word is just the net you need to get into the deep places with him. And while faith at the same time, is what you need to cast it. Can we all just, I'm closing at this time, but can we all just bow our heads at this moment? Maybe close your eyes. I promise nothing spooky is going to happen. Nothing's going to jump out. But I want to pray for those who might be right now at the shore. Maybe you're looking around at the shore and you're, you're a little discouraged, maybe a little bit disheartened. 
you're curious maybe about what is going to happen and and you're you're down because you're trying to figure out you know when is this stuff going to end and and I get that there were some times where I was in that same place but father God in the name of Jesus I speak to every concerned person right now every concerned heart I speak to every discouraged heart right now. I speak to every mountain that appears on the surface of our hearts today. And God, I I just speak what your word says in Proverbs 3 and 5 where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge you, and you will direct their paths. I pray right now that you will direct their path, that you will encourage them in this moment and give them strength to endure so that they can, Lord God, have more trust in you. And I just encourage right now that you, Lord God, will begin to speak to them as they are seeking you and that they will find you, Lord Jesus. And those who may be even right now disconnected from God. Those who don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. I pray for them right now. And I ask that you just, you know, in the presence of everyone with their eyes closed and heads bowed. I invite you to say this prayer with me. Dear Lord. Thank you for saving me. I am a sinner. I have done things that that may have not been pleasing. But I'm a sinner and I'm in need of your grace right now. I'm in need of your strength right now. I'm in need for you to snatch me out and catch me in your net right now. And I receive you right now as Lord and Savior of my life. I receive, and I believe, and I step out from the shore, and I trust you to lead me and guide me for the rest of my life. In the name of Jesus, we all pray and say amen.